0: Of Women at the Well Ministries, where our highest priority is making God real in your life. You can visit us online at womenatthewellministries.org. Now, sit down with us as we look to the Scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen our daily walk She's with Jesus happy Christ. Girl. When we abide in the secret place of the Most High, we are safe from the sting of this world's troubles and trials. We may still face them, but we will be fully covered by Jesus, and I am assured that he will protect me. God's covering isn't like a one-size-fits-all shirt. No, it is fully customizable to fit you perfectly. God is very personal, and the verse that we will be looking at today offers our hearts the full assurance that God is protecting us and will not let anything come unto us that is not first passed through him. That means that his nail-scarred hands so symbolic of the love he has for us, aren't going to let anything come our way that he has not allowed, buffeted, and equipped us to handle. Jesus loves you. You are loved. I don't believe that
1: any truer words have ever been spoken than Jesus loves you. And from Genesis to Revelations, we can see that played out even though Jesus is what we see and hear in the New Testament and God is what we see and hear in the Old Testament. You can see Jesus in the Old Testament because I want you to know that there has always been Jesus. Nothing was before him, and there'll be nothing greater than him. Jesus is the person that we know as our Savior When we have believed upon the name of Jesus, upon his sinless perfect life, knowing that he shed his blood on the cross of Calvary to wash our sins white as snow, then we become children of God and we know that we know that we know that Jesus loves us. In today's verses that we are reading out of Psalm chapter 91, it just assures us even more of his love for us, because he says that he that dwelleth, that's the person who has claimed Christ as Savior and is living a life that is pleasing to him, a life that is following his commandments, a life that is receiving the grace that he has given us to live a holy life. It is the person who is spending their life in the presence of Jesus. And it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. I love this psalm from beginning to the end of this psalm, but these first two verses are the foundation of the trust and the peace that vaults him in my life. And what I mean by that is, is that I have an absolute assurance of the love of God for me as I read these two verses. Because what I see is that he says that he, he will allow me to abide under the shadow of him. Now, when you think of abiding under the shadow, we always have a shadow and our body will cast it, which means that it's always nearby. When you think of a shadow, you think of a shade. And in the heat of the day, in the dryness of that uncomfortable feeling when you are scorched by heat, when you find just a little shade, you feel a refreshing a cooling, a place where you have comfort. And I want you to know that those of us who have received Jesus as Savior have taken upon ourselves to learn of him, to get to know his character, to get to know who he is and who we are in him. Then we have a feeling of comfort in our lives. We have a confidence that everything's going to be all right when we lay our head on the pillow. We are not living in some sort of denial where we feel that we won't have any issues or we won't have any problems or there won't be troubles and trials that come our way. What we know with full of confidence and absolute assurance is that we are in the shadow of the Most High God. What we know without a shadow of a doubt is that he is my refuge and he is my fortress, which means he is going to surround me and nothing is going to get to me that hasn't first passed through his nail-scarred hands. Why is that important? They're not just any hands, people. They're the hands of God. They're the nail-scarred hands of Jesus. Jesus who loved me so much that he died on the cross and it took the pain and the punishment for my sins, knowing that I was a frail sinner, fallible, and totally unworthy. But his love for me transcended all of my inefficiencies, all of my negatives, all of my unworthiness, all of the things that people on earth would see and check against me, Jesus went through. See, Jesus loves you that much, and his love for you is absolutely unmatched, and it's unconditional. It's hard for us to fathom that. But as we begin to read in Psalms 91 verses 1 and 2 and we begin to look at what he says about dwelling in the place of the Most High God, what does it really mean? What does it mean to you? It means that that's where our heart is. That's where our goals are. That's where our focus is. We want to live a life that is pleasing to God. We want to be in the center of his will. We don't want to hide iniquity in our heart. We want to be so close to him that we can hear him when he whispers. We want to live the life of abundance in him that he promised when he said he had a plan to prosper us and to give us a hope when he said that he came to give us life, that we might have it more abundantly. We do that by living in his presence. His presence is light, because it tells us in the Bible that in heaven, there'll be no need for the sun because Jesus will be the light. You know what light does? Light dispels darkness. So when I am living in the light, he is going to be, sweeping my heart and my life and my mind and showing me things that I need to get rid of, things I need to surrender to him, things I need to give to him. That's what it means to live and dwell in the shadow of the Almighty. It means I'm close to him, but more importantly, he is close to me. And what does it require to dwell in the secret place? Of the Most High God. Why do you think that He refers to it as a secret place? Because it's not known to the general public. It is a place that only those who have given their heart and lives to Jesus, who have committed their walk and their life to him, who are seeking him first and seeking him often and knowing that he is the way, the truth, and the life, waiting to hear what he has to say, following his commands, looking to him, the author and the finisher of our faith, to lead us and guide us in this world. Those are the people that make it to the secret place. It's not that it's a secret place because he doesn't want anyone to know. It's a secret place because it requires a level of commitment that many surface Christians aren't willing to do. Heard a sermon from my pastor recently and she spoke on being careful as a Christian. She spoke on careful Christianity. I look towards that as being purposeful in my walk. See, being in the secret place of the Most High God doesn't happen by chance. It isn't a random occurrence. It isn't you just might get it or you might not get it. It is guaranteed to everyone who seeks him. And then as you see in verse 2, he says that in him will I trust. What does it mean to put your trust in God? It's a little more complicated than your first answer might seem. It's not about talking about all the right words. Many of us know the scriptures very well, and we can say all the right words, but is our life showing that we are living the results of applying the right words to our life? Do we demonstrate the scriptures in our everyday walk? Does our talk line up with that of a Christian? Is it filled with grace and mercy? Is it filled with truth? Or would it be better to describe our lives as one that is judgmental and shaky, in, out, in, out? Some days we follow, some days we don't. Some days we're all about him, other days we're not. See, we can't be hot, cold Christians. He said, don't be lukewarm, he'll spew you out of his mouth. The other part about trusting in him is, are you willing to ask him for directions and then follow what he says? Are you willing to seek him as the compass of your life? To give him the seat on the throne of your heart to direct your ways, to direct your goings and your comings, to direct the results and outcomes of your life. Are you willing to step aside and abdicate the throne of your life? Are you willing to not even be co captain, but you just simply let him be in the driver's seat and you're sitting in the back seat? God doesn't need any backseat drivers. He needs full-hearted followers. And that's what we're called to be. He says we were like sheep gone astray. He refers to us as sheep because our main job needs to be to follow. When you get up in the morning and you ask God to lead you, all you have to do is commit in your heart to follow what he tells you to do you don't even have to make any other decisions and i do believe it is that simple i don't think it's easy to do but i think the commands are simple he said take up your cross and follow me he didn't say plan your days he didn't say work out your problems he didn't say you made your bed now lie in it what he said was take up your cross And follow me. And the psalmist David in Psalms 91 verses 1 and 2 is giving us a perfect picture of what we need to do to be the Christians who can live that life that God has commanded us to live. See, we trust in him to lead us. We trust in him to provide for us. We trust in him to care for us. We trust in his love for us and have confidence in his abilities and capabilities. We know that he will surround us and we trust that he is greater than any force that could come against us. That's what it means to set him as your refuge. That's what it means to put your trust in God. So what does it look like? It doesn't look so heroic sometimes. It's a simple faith, a childlike faith, carried out by asking God to supremely lead your life, not giving him suggestions, not Getting yourself in trouble, making decisions, deciding where your life is going to go and what you're going to do, and then ending up in the wrong place and having to ask Him to help you. You can do that because He says, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But what Psalms 91, 1 and 2 would tell us to do is hand over the reins of your life to Him, seek Him first. And the kingdom, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Don't take thought for tomorrow, for the evil of the day is sufficient thereof. Be a sheep that follows. Trust in him for all things. And you know what that results in? That results in a life well lived. That results in a life that glorifies the Father. That results in a life that reaps the blessings that are multiplied to us when we know who God really is. That's a life that will bring others to Christ as they see him in you. Oh, I ask you today, have you turned over your life to him? Are you dwelling in the secret place? of the most high god it isn't a secret to his children it's only a secret to those who refuse him may god richly bless you until we meet again remember jesus loves you you are loved
0: thank you all for joining us today in this program of woman at the well ministries We pray that it has been a blessing to you and we encourage you to reach out to us through our website or our Facebook page. You can find us at watwm.org and at facebook.com slash watwm where you will find devotions and many additional Bible resources to enhance your personal walk with God. Women of the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father and it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. If you would like to partner with Women at the Well Ministries, please visit our website at watwm.org. We would like to thank the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us play their hit song, Happy Girl. We greatly appreciate your prayers. Know that we pray for our listeners. Remember that God loves you, and you are loved.
2: the happy girl